Talk with Pastor, Pastor Troy. Troy. We're going to talk about some real stuff today. We are no toilet humor today. <laughs> it's a throwback to episode two. The toilet, no toilet, toilet humor. humor. Well, it was Mother's Day recently. Yeah, so that's true. My mom always reminds me of my nickname. Troy. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I, I, I just realized that maybe I, I think I texted my mom a funny gift, but I don't think I called her. But I'm the worst at those kinds of things. Really? Like. I don't know what it says about a person that they never remember to call anyone on their birthday. I'll tell you guys all something, and this is okay, because I don't think she's going to be watching. My wife, that is. Uh, I forgot to say happy birthday to my wife this year. Oh, that's bad. Well, last year. Yeah. That's bad. So I knew it was her birthday. And when we woke up, I, like, made her breakfast, and I was asking her if she needed anything. So I I did things to honor her in that way, but I completely forgot to say it. That will get you in trouble, man. And so, strangest thing, I'm, I'm actually on this platform in a little closet right over there working, and my financial, my, uh, my Edward Jones guy calls, just calls me and says, hey, this is so bizarre. Just want to remind you, today's your wife's birthday. Wow. And I was like, oh, it really is. <laughs> I knew that, but I realized then at that moment I'd forgotten to say it. And then she, did, she has classes for school, and I, by the time I got home, it was too late. Oh. I try to make it up, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. I guess in, in that way, um, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about yeah, today. We're talking good, about that's a good little, little story. Talk about transition. Honor. I don't think it's, I don't think it makes me look that good. <laughs> hey, well, listen, oh. just to make you feel better, I forgot my wife's birthday. I forgot Valentine's Day, all in one year, mm. and I ended up in a book about it. So, <laughs> so it's it's eternal. My mistake, I, yeah, that, that I made. I think so. different things make. Maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe it's a station of life thing. But I think different things make people feel honored. Yeah, because no, for me, the most honored I feel on my birthday, yeah, is when no one says anything to me at all. Really, I don't want anybody to say happy birthday. This is a very anxious thing about me. I'm always afraid I have to say something back and that it's not going to be the right thing. Oh yeah. So people are always like happy birthday, and after like it. the thirteenth, like. Thanks. My love language is words of affirmation, so oh. that I feed on that. So I love that. You look great today, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, there you go. See it's a good way. Um, so we need to kind of intro what we're talking about first. Yeah, you know, make sure everybody knows what we're going to talk about. We're talking about honor, honor today. It's a topic. Great topic. Yeah, it gets discussed a lot uh, within the church realm. That's kind of where we'll look at it today. Yeah. Is kind of looking at it through the realm of being a part of a community of a church, being a part of maybe even being a part of the staff, if that's where you're at. Yeah. Uh, and so who better to have a conversation with honor than a senior pastor of a church? Yeah. We've been, you've been doing this for 20 years, this church, right? Yeah. Almost yeah. 20 years, 30 we're years in ministry, pastor Penny, uh, our other senior pastor here. And, uh, when I came to freedom house, I noticed that there was, um, what some would say an honor culture, mm-hmm. And I was immediately just like, here's what I thought of right away. I thought about the churches where, and I've seen this maybe only on TV, where the pastor comes down the center aisle and people would come to the middle and give him money. Like they would push money into his hand. Like they called those honor gifts. 
Wow. And every every Sunday they would do that, or the pastor would go up on on social media. That's not my church. No, 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 that didn't happen here. That didn't happen <laughs> Let's here. Make that very clear. That's what I thought <laughs> when I heard the words "honored culture." So right away I was just like, "Oh man, like I don't think I'm going to be down with this. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to like this at all." And then the first time that you and I met uh-huh. was at uh, it was at Toast. It was at a breakfast. I call it yeah, I call it grossed, but Toast. Um, it's yeah, it's breakfast joint that yeah. we were meeting yeah. at, and I was just like kind of in my head about it. I was really thankful that he was willing to take a meeting. I was in a weird spot in my life. I didn't really need anything. I just thought this would be a great connection to make, and so I just I got on like a shirt and like pants and I got like cool sunglasses. And my hair is all fixed up and ready to go, and I'm walking down downtown Davidson to this place. And you're sitting outside in a little two-spot table, I think, wearing workout clothes. Yeah. And I was like, immediately I felt better. Because <laughs> I was like, okay. That's funny. Because if he had on a tie and a suit, I would have just been like, there's no chance that we're going to be friends. Because we're Yeah. That's and funny. so then I felt better right away. But and then, you know what? You know what I remember about that meeting is two things. First of all, I really had a hard time figuring you out. Like, you know, and I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm great at figuring people out on first impressions, but I feel like I'm probably like 70% good at it. Mm-hmm. My wife's way better at first impressions. So my first impression of you was, I really want to understand this guy, but I don't understand him. And then my second kind of thought was, and this guy's extremely honoring, true, true story, mm-hmm. extremely honoring to somebody he doesn't know. You know, which I thought was really nice. The way you, you immediately called me Pastor Troy, which I don't need that. Right. But it really shows honor. You know, when you say someone's title of who they are, like if you go to the doctor. My doctor always told me, hey, just call me Tim. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to call you Tim. I'm going to call you Dr. Tim. You know, because yeah. and you spend a lot of time earning this right That's to true. be able to cut me open. And I want to honor that. And yeah. so... We do have a culture of honor here at Freehouse. Yeah. We started that way. Uh, not what was because, the, like the genesis? What was the beginning of it? Well, honestly, I read a book uh, by a guy by the name of John Bevere. I love that dude. And um, I, I kind of took his book and went to a different level with it because I heard a message from a friend of mine out in Seattle. And he talked about because often when you think about honor, you think about it more to people who are in positions above you. So honor up. And so one of the things that he taught me is honor is all around. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. So honor isn't just about what you're doing up towards your supervisor, your pastor, your leader, the person that's over you, but also honoring your peers, the people that are with you, honoring people that are under you, that are in a position where you're trying to help them. Um, They're serving your vision. Because I think a lot of leaders get caught up in, well, you need to honor me. But I'm a firm believer in you reap what you sow. Yeah. And so when I started pastoring the church, my vision was to see your vision come to pass. And that's always been. So my life mission, my life mission, is to see you reach your full potential. And the only way that I can do that is by honoring the gifts that are in you. And what I found out is when I honor you, when I val- and that's what honor means. It means to value, to give worth to. When I value you, when I give worth to you, then you know what happens? There's always a reciprocal response. You're going to honor, you're going to value, you're going to give worth to me um, and who I am because you want something from me inherently 
Yeah. And you know, I don't. You know, and I when I want is maybe a bad word. Desire. Uh, you desire to see something in you, and I think the, 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 the thing that I want is for you, you know, Dusty Beach to be all that Dusty Beach can be. And there are things that you don't see that I do that I know that you can grow in, get better in, uh, fix or improve upon. And honoring you actually puts you in a position where you can receive that way better. And I so that, that culture is what we started the church with. Man, I wish that more senior pastors could hear that as they're getting ready to start. Because I feel like the heart of a senior pastor when they start a church is that. I want to believe that anyway. Yeah. And I think they get so caught up in what they see. Right. Or it's possible for them to get so caught up in what they see that they just catch on to the back part of it. Right. That they just catch on to the honor coming this way yeah. to them. Yeah. And they don't understand or get the honor going out. Right. Which is what, to me, that's what creates a true culture of honor. Uh-huh is when it is reciprocal like that. Yeah. Because when it's not, then it feels more like a mandate of honor, mm-hmm. where like honor is like required. And it's it's like that thing when you, you probably heard it said a bunch, that I'll never ask you to trust me. I just, I wanna live in a way that it that ensures that you're going to do That's that. Good. That's a good point. Yeah. And so I tell my yeah. kids all the time, like, don't say honestly, and then start talking because it implies that you're not honest all the time. <laughs> and and I think that way about people. So like saying, let me be honest with you. Yeah. So that like means it, like it, everything else you said was not honest. Right. But this is. Right. And I think the same kind of thing applies to the way we talk about honor in church. And that's thinking from a staff person's perspective, having served senior pastors for all of my life. Um, I think that it is something that is it's a real output of, of how you feel about someone and you can hear it in how you talk about them to other people. Right. Even when you're listening to the way you talk about it. Like you don't have to, it should be something that people just catch on to and know. Right. Your example should be one that draws other to honor all the way around, right. but even specifically to honor upward. Yeah. If I'm surrounded by people that I'm constantly having to correct for not having an attitude of honor, I count myself responsible because I think they're learning from my example. Mm. And so I think that my responsibility as a staff person or someone that serves a senior pastor of a church or senior pastors of a church. Or even if you work for somebody. Yeah. You can take it across the board on anything. If you're constantly having to correct the people that you lead to have a better attitude towards those that lead you as the leader, I don't think that's them. I think that's you. Yeah, I agree with you. A hundred percent. And I have, I've always had a hard time with asking people to honor me, you know? And so when, when John wrote his book, when John Bevere, who's a friend of mine, wrote the, wrote the book. Um, and you want to plug the book? Which one? I think it's called, I think it's just called honor. Hmm. Um, the honor code or something like that. And actually Sam Chan, I think wrote a book too about it. Who's a great friend of mine. And so, um, I, uh, and I'm honoring them. Yeah. I see, I that's why I wanted to plug the book. <laughs> So, so often people would tell me, Hey, in order to create an honor culture, you need to do this. And I said, I don't really like to do that. I don't want to create that. I don't don't want to feel like that. I'm trying to get people to honor me. I would rather them learn it through life. And, and the statement that I made honor up, honor down, honor all around 
what that did is gave me permission to be able to give something that I knew would help them, you know, in the sense of me honoring, valuing, giving worth to their talent, their gift, their whatever it may be. And the reciprocation of it, uh, not because I'm looking to get something, but I knew it would better them. Because mm. you know, right now, let's just look at our culture right now. You know, 2021, if you're watching this and it's 2025, if you want to go back to 2020, you know, with the pandemic and everything that went on, what you're seeing is a culture that feeds off of disrespect and dishonor. Mm. Think about Think about how the world would change is if you looked at somebody through the eyes of zero prejudice, zero stereotypes, and you just honored them for the human that they are, regardless of their skin color, regardless of their position in society, you just realize that you are a person that was made by God, put here on, on, on purpose with a purpose. And I honor you, you know? And so... I'll give you a perfect example. My dad uh, was not in my life at all, okay? Not even connected with me at very little, came in and out of my life, treated me not like a father should. However, the only commandment with promise is honor your father and mother. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says honor your father and mother. So regardless of what he did to me, God put him on the earth for a purpose, with purpose. And so I need to honor him regardless of how he treated me. That's a hard thing to do. Because, especially in our culture, if we shifted that, man, it would change a lot of stuff. And you know where it starts? In the house. I was just about to ask you about that. I was just about to ask you about honor in the home and the difference between, or if there is even any, difference between honor in the home and honor in the workplace yeah. I mean I know that the home is a great opportunity to learn it but what if you come from a home where there's zero honor present where maybe as a child or even as a spouse you don't feel valued by those that are in your family and and do you think that's maybe why so many struggle with it in the workplace 100% how do they overcome it I mean well you have to experience what honor feels like this is just my Sure. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think I am a professional on this or somebody that knows a lot about this. I'm still learning. You know, I'm 52 years old. I'm still trying to learn stuff like this. Only a day over 51. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Sure. <laughs> Nobody's gonna believe that you're 52. <laughs> I look more uh, like I'm 52. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that you have to experience it in order to get it. Give it. And so if you've never experienced honor in the house, and I think um, if you're a parent, the best way to honor your kids is to give them voice for them to be able to say something to you. And I think the greatest way I got that with my kids is I repented to them when I made mistakes in their life. Or if I did something and they called me out on it, because most parents won't do that. They're like, I'm the parent. You just need to listen to me. Right. That the other. So when you honor your kid by giving them the ability to speak up and you go, man, I messed up. What that does is honor them. And so I think it's a hard thing to, to shift from mm -hmm. if it's not 
bestowed in the family, but it can be done. I think the only way that you can experience that and live in it is if you are in an environment where you learn how to honor or you are you're around people who know how to honor. You know, so when you get around somebody who knows how to honor, man, it just gets on you. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And so it's like generosity. It's like oh, any of those true. things. Yeah. You know, when you get around somebody that's generous, man, you just want to get, you want to be generous. And so some do, others are just like, how's I going to have any money? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been, I, I think God created a perfect family union for me. I've always been very, I've always, my thoughts have always just been like, like, I know this person and they need new shoes. I'm just going to buy them some new shoes. Yeah, and, it, you know, I, that, I love that. And I don't really want to tell anyone. I don't want anybody to know about yeah. it, even though I'm mentioning it here, which is not a humble brag. But I could do that sometimes until there's nothing left. Sure. And so my wife sure. helps me be generous and wise at the same time. Yeah. And so, and then this just happened not too long ago. I was just, I went home and I said, man. I was around this person and I really felt like there was just a need there. And, uh, and she was like, let's just meet it. Let's oh, just, let's just meet the need. That's good. And when she did that, I was just like, Oh man, that's honor. Man. I've that's never been more honor. attracted to her in those, my kind of moments, seeing that kind of thing. But when you were talking about repenting to your kids, I grew up in a home, a, a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Yeah. And I think my dad loved me immensely more than, or, or showed me love immensely more than his dad did for him. Right. But even still, I felt like there was something that I wasn't getting that I, I wanted. And I used to try to engage him in these conversations, which was hard because once I got smart enough to have conversations with him, he wasn't well physically. Uh, but I used to just, like, I would take such issue with because I said so. Like, and I would just be so angry when he would say that to me. Like, he would want me to do something, and I would say, why? And he would just say, because I said so. And it just burst a thing in me, and I said, I'll never say that to my kids. And I don't think it's right or wrong to do. It just, it was a personal thing for sure, me. Sure, And so, but it opened the door for me to, even like last night, for example, I have three kids. The middle one, Fletcher, and the little one, Nora. Uh, uh, Fletcher, is, it, thank you so much. Uh, and the oldest is Maggie. Equal plug, equal honor. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fletcher is very uh, justice-oriented, very fair-minded. <laughs> and, and as an adult, I think that will serve him well because he yeah. cares about the needs of others. As a child, he wants everything that everyone else gets as well. Right. And so Nora got something. She got to do something past the time she yeah. was supposed to. Oh. And he was like, oh, oh. And he makes this face. He's like, oh. Uh, and and just like him when you do that. Said, <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. I said to him, because uh, the night before it had stormed and he's really afraid of storms. And so we've got a, a extra twin mattress I just drug into the floor in our room and he slept in our room. Yeah. And I said, kind of as a joke, I said, well, you know what Nora didn't get last night? And he knew immediately what I was going to say, but I could see that it hurt his feelings. And so he walked off. So I went and found him, gave him a hug. And I said, hey, buddy, that was my bad. Yeah. Like I really did not. I thought that would be funny. And then I saw that hurt your feelings. That's not what I was trying to do. And I hope that in some ways it helps them see, because there was a time in my life when I was just unwilling to admit that I was wrong about yeah. anything. Yeah. And now I find such freedom in being able to do that to those that I lead yeah. and to those that lead me to just be able to say, and in the workplace, it was so hard in the beginning because I right. wanted to be good. Yeah. I wanted to be good at everything. Yeah. But then I found that it became a challenge for the way that I honored my leaders 
because I was unwilling to say, I messed this up. And I see it now as an honoring thing to my leaders to be able to honor them with the honesty yeah. of just saying, and the vulnerability of saying, I don't know if I'm good at this. Right. I want to be. I think that matters. I'm going to try really hard. Right. I'm not going to give up. But Or saying, like, because I've been in meetings where a leader has multiple people they're in charge of, and they've asked, hey, what happened here? We missed the boat. Yeah. And, and searching for responsibility and seeing people shirk it, shove it off yeah. to someone else. And now I'm almost hungry to just be like, here was my part. This was the thing I messed up. Right. Here's, the, here's my plan for that's very honoring, time. especially for somebody in a position who feels I'm a high responsibility guy. Mm. And so when somebody doesn't take responsibility, it bothers me. 100% bothers me. Bad, like really bad. I think in some ways I have also struggled with trying to maybe take on too much responsibility. Yeah. And that's a way you've challenged me specifically to be a little bit more honoring all the way around. Yeah. Uh, Cause I know there are a couple of balls got dropped once and you asked me who was responsible for it. And I just took the hit. I was like, I did. I, that was me. I'm responsible for all this. And then you came back later one-on-one -on -one and said, Hey, you got to, you know, part of being honoring to those that you lead is also challenging those and, bringing correction yeah. where necessary yeah. and so that's a great lesson I learned about that <laughs> here uh, and and I will say like bringing it back to where we were when I when I got here hearing the words honored culture I I didn't understand it I didn't know what what it really meant yeah uh, and it's been a great education for me to understand and know and even if I think about our first breakfast together I thought I was being sly and I had grabbed the check and you didn't notice. And then it was so hot, they moved us inside. And then when we wrapped up, you started looking for the check. And I was like, no, I've got it. I've got it. And you said, listen, I eat here all the time. Our waiter goes to my church. No one's going to let you pay for this. <laughs> I'm paying for this breakfast. <laughs> and so I just thought that I'm the one that called the breakfast. Right. And in my mind, I'm just thinking that's my bill. Yeah. Because like, I asked for the time. Yeah. And so uh, I saw immediately. I knew you didn't have a job then. So. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> that's also true. I had a really inside information. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. I did not do that. I didn't want to take food out of your kids, out of Maggie's mouth and Fletcher's mouth. And oh, that's okay. I went out and did ministry to feed the hungry. And I'll get up and I'll be like, hey, everything you give here goes to feed the hungry. All my kids are hungry right now. We need this. That's a great way you can honor our family is by doing it. So. Let's talk about a few situations where people are routinely put, whether it's in the workplace or in the home, where this is how to show honor in the situation. This is what dishonor looks like. Okay. Um, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of a church, and I think it, you'll catch on to this very quickly. I've been a part of other churches in the past. I've been a part of leadership in other churches right. in the past. And I come to be a part of a church, Freedom House, for example. Right. And now I want to be a leader. Yep. And one of the things that's great about being involved in Freedom House is that there's a leadership pipeline. Right. So there's opportunities for everybody that wants to get involved to get involved. Yep. Um, and there's there's uh, training, there's classes, there's opportunities to take you from wherever you're at to the next thing to yep. help people realize their full potential, which I love. But which is uh, great for any church to have. Yes. You got to have a pathway. That's right. I mean, there has yep. to be a pathway. So I want to be a leader. But maybe I feel like I've done all of this somewhere else before, right. or I've right. served at a high level somewhere else right. before. So what's the best way that I can honor you as the leader of the church and the church overall to follow that path to becoming a leader? 
to, to uh, the best way is to honor the process. And what that does to somebody, especially, so if, let's just use that hypothetical, for example, if somebody comes from another church, um, there's two things that can happen. First of all, uh, the pastor could understand what the church is like, maybe through other people that are in relationship that come from that church, or they may have zero idea what the church is like. And so they, you're coming from a specific DNA, a culture, you know, which is a belief of how things are done. And it doesn't mean that we don't want, in, as a leader, for you to give your viewpoint uh, and lead with your own perspective. However, the pipeline, the, the process, and honoring that is important for the leader to understand that you can be faithful in something regardless of whether you think it's important or not, which is a form of honor. And so walking through the specific steps is, is tells the pastor, the leader, I really want to do this. I trust that I'm going to get something from this. And then really not looking at it as you know, crap. I got to go through this. I got to jump these hurdles in order to get to the position that I want to get into. And so, cause you might learn something in the process. You might learn something about the leadership of that church. You might learn something about the, the church itself that you did not know. Right. In every environment, workplace, church, family has its own culture. And a good environment, and culture is either by design or by default. Okay, so it's, you have to design culture or you default to a culture. Everything has culture. Your right. family has a culture. Restaurants have a culture. Whether it's defined, designed or defaulted is dependent upon what that owner, pastor, or whatever is giving to the culture. We have a very designed culture here. And it's not that we're trying to hinder, it's trying to make, we're trying to make sure that our vision is being portrayed through every avenue and every environment. And so honoring that, very important. So don't try to, and let the leader tell you, hey, you don't need to do that. Mm. Let the leader come and tell you based on your ability and desire to walk through the steps. Because I've done that before. Okay, let's just use worship leaders, for example. Because um, worship, you're a worship leader. They're a little crazy. They can be. They're a little messed up. They can be. I'd say I probably, don't identify as, as that. I, I, I know you don't identify, but there are people <laughs> in the past, in other environments. Other people. Other people. Not me. <laughs> I'm joking. Other, Please don't be offended. Other if you're jean a jacket wearing people. If yeah. you're wearing a jean jacket right now, perhaps. Beard person. <laughs> I always was told that if you have a beard, you're trying to hide something. So. <laughs> right, I'm trying to hide a weak chin. I'm trying to hide a weird, cleft, weak chin. It elongates so, my face. So Ooh, sorry. What I, what I, I'm always on guard if somebody walks in the room and goes, I'm a worship leader, and, um, and they usually don't do it this abrupt and this out front, but hey, I used to lead worship at such and such a church. I'd love to get involved. And then I go, okay, well, then here's the steps. And they never do it. Okay, they never even take even a step. So that bothers me because what I'm thinking is, do they think they're above the steps? You know, what is it about that that is wrong? Just because you did something in another church doesn't necessarily mean you know how it's done at this particular environment. So, 
I have, however, had people come in and they go, hey, I really want to get involved. I want to serve. Where do you need me? Mm. You know, I happen to be a worship leader here. I happen to do this, but, you know, I would love to be involved. What's my next step? And then they do it. There's been situations where somebody will come and go, hey, you didn't know this, Pastor Troy, but this person is uber talented. They're phenomenal. And then I'll start asking some questions. I'll watch them for a little while and realize this person doesn't need to do all this. They can be fast-tracked into this environment and because they really honor the process. And so I've done that before. Many times um, where I've just pushed, because I've sat with them, I understand them, I watch them. Other people have come and go, man, this guy's really got it. Um, Character-wise, not just talent, but character. And he's so honoring in every environment. He's so, he really, really desires to serve God uh, and you know, it's so so those are things that I look for, and I think the best thing you can do is honor the process. So you're saying it's not necessarily the highest show of honor to just wait until I have a one-on-one meeting with you, so that I can plead my case about how I should be on the platform instead of going through the pipeline. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like you can see those people coming a mile yeah. away. Oh, I, I have it all the time. I want to. How I just want to save those people. I just want to say, yeah. listen. Like, just yeah. don't be bigger than you think you are. Yeah. Like, be as small as you can and watch what happens. It's, it's so true. It I, I mean, it happens. I can tell you probably five stories right now of people who have come to Freedom House Church. They told me all of their resume. Um, I didn't recognize them. I did it on purpose because I wanted to see how they're going to settle in. And they go, well, you know, I was this, I was this, I was this, I was this, I was this at this past church. And so they're they're waiting for me to go, man, I'm so enamored by your resume. This is you're the most awesome person in the world. You know what? I'm gonna give you this campus. Wow. <laughs> you know, and that's not gonna happen. No. And so they go, so where should I get involved? I'm like, well, you know, we have what's called get on track, and you can go through that. Cause I know that a real servant, somebody who really desires to please the Lord, is gonna follow authority. They're, they're going to listen to authority and they're going to do what authority says because they honor authority and they understand that authority comes from being under authority. Mm. And so, and I've watched it. I could give you, I have a guy right now that, that came, he sent me social media inboxes, sent me his resume. I know he wanted a job and I don't just hire somebody through a social media resume. Sadly, I haven't seen the guy. He came a few times you know, and I think he was waiting for me to, you know, be pursue enamored, him. pursue him. And I'm just not going to do that. Um, not because I don't pursue people. Right. But I want to see how hungry they are about being a part of something that's great. And Freedom House Church is a great church. And so, Pastor, you got a great church. You need to don't don't succumb to the fear of a person or their talent or whatever based on who they are. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast yeah. there. Just yeah. talking about the fears senior pastors are gripped with when it Absolutely. comes to talented people in their church. Or people with money. Oh. Um, or people that throw money around. Let's do that next. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we can do that. I have real questions about yeah. that. I, I got some great stories on that. Too. I believe it. I absolutely believe it. Uh, okay, I don't want to get too far off. I had a bunch of yeah. questions about authority, but that's another time. I think yeah. another time. That'd be, that'd be another good podcast to talk yeah. about understanding authority. Yeah. How to how to walk in authority, you know, what authority looks like. 
um, what to do with young staff that are hungry for authority yeah. but unwilling to follow the process. Because yeah. yeah. I'll give you a quick, a quick peek. Responsibility always comes before authority, mm. and people want authority before before responsibility. Yeah, you just gotta be hungry. Yeah, you gotta be hungry. For, yeah. I think being hungry for things that I would look at before I would give authority are consistency, reliability, honor, passion, grit. Those things, it's just like, it's it's not people that say, I think I'll be great at this. Yeah, It's people that don't even know they'll be great at yep. it. But you as a leader can see in them, you have the pieces. Yep. I can just help you assemble those pieces. Yep. And then you're not great because of yep. me. You're, you have greatness. We're just going to help move a couple pieces around and then... You'll be amazed the authority that you'll walk in. Yeah. Too much. Let's get on to the next thing. All right. So this is an obvious one. Okay. Uh, how do I show honor? What does it look like to not show honor when I disagree with something my senior pastor says? Whether it's on the platform. That's, man, that's an awesome question. Conversation, social media, whatever. That's an awesome question. Um, so I'm a big, firm believer in the Matthew 18 model of... And I know, I know Jesus says, you know, if somebody sins against you. Mm-hmm. But if you read just a few verses before that, he talks about offense. Really, in essence, what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about relationships. You know, if your brother, somebody that's close to you, somebody that you have community with, does something to offend you, against you, maybe you don't agree with, then you need to go talk to that person. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation with them. Okay, so I know what the question probably sure. is. So, um... Well, you know, my senior pastor, he's busy. I can't get a meeting for him right. every time, with him, every time I disagree with something that he says or does. Okay, so what I would suggest is you look back at the track record. Okay, so if I if I have a pastor who um, I disagree with, and I've had that happen. So I was at a church for a long time. I disagree with him. I was young. I thought I knew everything. I was in my 20s. Because you know in your 20s, you know everything. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah, everybody does. Um, and so when they're in their 20s. So no offense to 20-year-olds. But I thought I knew everything. I thought I knew how to run a church better than him. However, he had been running a church for 20 years. Now, would I have done it like him? No. Later I realized, man, he really made some good decisions. Mm. And I should have listened to him. So... With that being said, look at the track record. Filter through the vision of whatever the church is. So, you know, we have a very simple vision. We, we, we want to equip people to experience Christ's freedom in their everyday lives. That is, so what we do as a church should follow that why. That's our why. We're doing this. Equip people to experience Christ's freedom in their everyday lives. So track record, look back at the history you know, look back at the vision. Mm-hmm. Are they filtering everything through the vision? If it's still cloudy, then be honest. If you're on staff, then you should be able to have a conversation with your pastor yeah. and go, hey, I just have some questions. The big difference between being questioning and asking a question. Yeah. Questioning is somebody who's always having a problem with alignment, with culture, with DNA. Having a question is, hey, could you just explain this to me? Now, here's here's where it gets kind of rough. What if the pastor says, hey, listen, you just got to trust me in this. Then you have to decide, 
is this person trustworthy? Right. And it, again, track record, vision, if they've adhered to that, then you just go, I trust that pastor. I trust that authority to be able to operate. Now, if there's manipulation, if there's if it's shaky, mm-hmm. then then you have some right to maybe start digging a little bit farther. But then you just go. You, you, but I think it's Matthew 18. You go to that person. If it doesn't work, then um, go get get somebody else. Follow the protocol. Yeah. Okay. So so like if you're in a position where your direct report, you know, you have a direct report to go to that direct report. Make your make your case. If ask them that if it doesn't get resolved, go to the next level. So follow the steps in your yeah. organization. Don't just go run to the pastor every time something happens or the pastor's wife every time something happens um, because they're going to start going, man, what's up with this guy? He doesn't get what's going on. Here, this right. girl. But you need to go through the process, through the persons that are involved. So you go to your supervisor, let them talk to it, and have the expectation. I know at Freedom House, we have an open door. I have an open door policy, always had. And I think because I have the open door policy, I don't get a whole lot of those questions. Honestly, maybe two or three a year. Honestly. And so, there I, I did an honestly thing. <laughs> I just caught myself. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but like two or three times a year, yeah. where we'll have questions, we'll have a conversation, I'll sit down with somebody, and they'll have a bunch of stuff that they want to... And that's fine with me. I'm not... I'm not insecure in what I'm doing, so that doesn't bother me. Well, I can Does that say, answer your question? Does yeah, that help? Yeah, absolutely. I can say when I was a volunteer here, there were, there were, I was having a hard time engaging with passionate service in the area that I was serving in due to things that didn't have anything to do with you. Um, and so I was literally, I was just typing an email that just said, hey, I'm going to step down for like a month. Yeah. Not for a long time. Right. Not I'm quitting, not I'm leaving the church. Sure. Just, hey, I'm going to step down for a month. Because what happened for me was I felt like I was on the platform and I wasn't there the way I should have been. Right. There was things I had to work out, things I had to figure out for me that I had to resolve my own issues. And then I didn't want to be on the platform if I wasn't clear yeah. about those things. Yeah. And so I was just typing this email uh, and I remember exactly where I was because I was working at the time and I was in a dressing room in Los Angeles. I was typing this email that says, hey, I'm going to do this. Right away, before I even hit send, Jenny, who works with you and Pastor Penny, sent me a text. said, hey, Pastor Troy wants to know if you want to catch up for breakfast. I texted my wife right away and said, I'm legit about to send this email. And Jenny hits me up and says that PT wants to have breakfast. <laughs> And so I, I said, yes, we set the thing up. We worked it out with the schedules and we went. And then, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of tell you what I was thinking, yeah. what I was feeling, walk yeah. through. And then you walked me through those things. And then at some point you said something that no one had ever really said to me before. And it didn't even really connect or click with me until maybe a little bit later. But it made me so comfortable. It made me feel so covered. It made me feel honored. One, that you would take the time to even have breakfast with me. Right. And you didn't even know it was an issue. I didn't come to you with the thing. Not I wasn't crazy. sending that email to you. I was sending it to the person that I was uh, serving yeah. underneath. Yeah. Um, and then, but it just a random audience. And then I was able to kind of air it out. And then at some point you just said, hey, uh, do you see 
Pastor Penny and I as your pastors? I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, then it's going to be fine. You said, it's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. And I knew then I didn't have to have resolution to all those things because I was allowed to not be perfect. I was allowed to not have the answers and that I was going to be loved through the process. And I I felt so honored in this being like I'm turning the corner on 40 right now and I've been in church my whole life and that being the first time really that I felt like I was a part of a church where I was pastored Mm. being on staff at a church my whole life has made it hard for me to see my boss as my pastor Mm. it's just a difficult thing I think it's difficult for people that are on staffs to feel that way because Sunday becomes their job yep and not their community Mm -hmm. and not their opportunity for growth and not their opportunity to serve, not their opportunity to worship. And that's a mindset. Church doesn't do that to people. We do that to ourselves as staff people. That's a good point. Uh, The church doesn't do it. We do it. We tell ourselves that our contribution as employees is more valuable than what we get out of serving Mm -hmm. on a Sunday morning, which is not correct. And so um, we do it. But for me, it just, it turned the corner and it made me feel like, man, yeah, and I, and I was just a volunteer. Yeah. And I'll always be a volunteer here yeah. Yeah. for the rest of my life. I'll always be a volunteer here, uh, even if for whatever reason we end up having to move across the world. We'll still be a part of the online thing, yeah. and, and hopefully you and I will still have a chance to Absolutely. talk, and we'll Zoom and, and whatever it is. That's and exactly so, right. uh, yeah, yeah. I think this is, that's an important thing to understand, especially if you work at a church, is your ability— and I think people put this responsibility on the leader, and this is uh, an expectation that's going to be difficult for them to fulfill. It's unrealistic. Mm. And I've learned this over the 20 years. You know, when, when I, a staff person, somebody that works for me, they have to be able to shift hats on me pretty quickly. And so I wear a pastor hat. I wear a boss hat. I wear a friend hat. All three of those. Um, a co-worker hat. A golf hat. A golf hat. Do you wear hats when you golf? Yes. I can't even golf without a hat on. Exactly. It's very difficult. Golf hat. So let's just use those three hats. Pastor, boss, friend. So we love the friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's, sometimes it's hard to handle the boss hat. And the pastor hat is the one that we get the most from. See, the anointing is on the calling, on the pastor. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to what you're going to get from me, you're going to get the most from the... And, and I sit in the position of pastor. So the anointing is on the gift, on the calling. When I sit in that calling, the anointing is on that. So when I preach, when I lead, whatever, as a pastor, shepherd, then there's anointing on that. Sure, there's anointing on a friend, there's anointing on a boss, but it's not nearly as much as on the, the pastor because that's one of the fivefold callings. Right. It's the responsibility of the of the person that's working for the pastor to be able to understand what hat that leader is in. It's not the responsibility of the pastor to go, hey, just wanna let you know I'm in the boss hat right now. Right. Hey, just wanna let you know I'm on the friend. Hey, I just wanna let you know I'm the pastor right now. Your ability to go, oh, he's talking as a pastor right now, as a boss right now, as a friend right now. He made a joke. He's still my pastor, but he can still make a joke because I understand right now he's my friend. Yeah. Um, I, he made a joke or he said something really hard to me, so that was his boss right now. 
because he's holding me accountable to the job that I'm being paid to do. So I'm not going to discount his ability to speak to me on Sunday morning when I'm sitting in the congregation because I'm mad at him because he held me accountable to the job I was supposed to do because I'm getting paid to do it. Right. So that your ability as a staff person to honor all three of those seats is your responsibility, not mine. Right. And the moment that you put that expectation on me, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because it's difficult for a pastor, whether they have 100 people in their church or 10,000, to be able to tell you every single time they're going to ship hats. you got to honor throughout that process. And one of the greatest ways you can do that is go, hey, Troy is sitting with me right now, and he's my pastor, PT. And I understand he's trying to shepherd me. He's trying to help me with my marriage. He's trying to give me some wisdom here. And he just made a joke. And now he's my friend. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think for me, if, if I'm always wearing the, if I had a hat that reflect which, which of those modes yeah. you're in, I'm only ever wearing the pastor hat. That allows my mindset to, I don't slip into a mode where, because I, I see, and, and you, you and I have all three of those relationships. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. And I feel pastored through your teaching on Sunday through your book, through uh, the opportunities that I get, find them, hide them, feed them in, the, in our all team. I feel pastored and taught through those. I also feel pastored through the way that you boss because it's through relationship. Yeah. It's honest. It's direct. It's clear. Um, and then I also feel pastored in the way that we are friends. And so, but you I understand, but I do get confused. I, I absolutely do. Yeah. But part of the reason I think why I can do that is because I don't, I don't have a desire to interact with you in a way that wouldn't honor you as my pastor. And so it, it's easier for me. And that may be just through time and experience to know that I don't think of you as one of the guys we can go have fun. We can go on a road trip. We can go play golf. Off, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, we can go do all of that. But for me, I, I always want to be honoring you as my pastor and then seeing how you do those things and move that's how I make sure I don't get myself into a, 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 a dishonorable mindset. Yeah. So Well, you become familiar. If you get too familiar with the friend, mm-hmm. sometimes it's difficult to receive from the pastor. Yeah. If you get too familiar with the boss, sometimes it's very difficult to fall into the friend category. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you need to be friends with your pastor. Right. Not, not, just because you're on staff doesn't mean you're going to be friends with your pastor. Just mean... If it happens, it happens. Don't try to force it because it gets weird. The you first know? pastor I've ever been friends with. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? I know. Because I think sometimes you go into, uh, especially if the staff is small, yeah. you know, or even if it's large, like, man, you know, I got hired at Freedom House Church and me and Pastor Troy are going to be friends. It might not happen. <laughs> I'm not, it doesn't mean that we can't hang out and sure. spend time together, but yeah. we may not go on vacation together. You mean being a pastor doesn't make you a friend to all? It doesn't no, mean your personality no. lines up with everyone? No. Um, no, and that's a false expectation. Yeah. But it, what has happened, I know this has happened in the past, and this is where dishonor comes in, mm-hmm. is if you get too familiar, that's, that's a trouble, troubling place. Yeah. Because then when something is said that comes from an authority, authoritative possession, position, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time messing with it because you're so familiar on one level of relationship. And this goes, remember, honor up, honor down, honor, honor around. Yeah. So 
the, your familiarity can create dishonor if you're not careful. It really can. I think that one of the things that also helps people maintain an attitude of honor is how they speak about a pastor or a person that they are under mm -hmm. when they're not around. And so this, so good. this comes up in, in my house almost always in the kitchen. And uh, we've got a little island and I make my kids come down and endure uh, my presence for at least part of the day. They're all old enough to try to escape yeah. me now. Yeah. Uh, and so I require that they come down. And, and because I work here, there's a lot of conversation that happens about what goes on here. Sure. And so I'm always careful to ensure that the way I speak and because I, I learned this lesson early. And it's exactly what you're talking about with the familiarity. And it's the, the honor at home, how I would honor my pastor at home. Because if I go home and throw my pastor or my boss under the bus, under the bus yeah. then I begin to see my family as a hard time honoring that person. That's exactly right. And that goes back to the thing earlier. Yeah. They have a hard time honoring it because they see me being dishonoring. That's so true. And so, so I'm, true. I'm sure it could happen in a family. Think about it. Think yeah. about if you just threw Andrea under the bus all the Oof. time. I would never. And then, and then you expect your your kids to treat your mom, your, your wife, their mom, with honor. It ain't gonna happen. Hmm. And so, you know, this is this is that's a great point you brought up. You know, and when you think of honor, especially um, around a leader who's not good, uh, look at David and Saul. How many times did David have an opportunity to kill him? Mm -hmm. First of all. How many times did people say bad things about him, about Saul to David, and he always honored Saul in spite of Saul trying to kill David mm -hmm. and saying all the negative things about him? But see, he understood authority. He understood the anointing. And he understood that if he did not do that in spite, that God would not be able to honor him in his role as the future king of Israel. And so I think it's really dangerous if you are working on staff at a church, even at a job, I mean, this could be across the board right. anywhere, Dusty. Yeah. Is it, it could be anywhere. You go home, you know, and you talk bad about your, you vent yeah. about your job, your pastor, or whoever it may be. And then you expect your wife or your husband to sit in the congregation and listen to the guy who you've bashed all week long. Man, it ain't going to happen. It's yeah. going to, your, your time at that church is going to be very short. I've and always so. looked and I've always felt really challenged by staff people whose spouses don't attend or engage with the church. I know, I know. Some part of me thinks. Something happened. What are you saying at yeah. home? Not that that's always the reason yeah. of the case. But well, what experience have they had in the past? Because yeah. we always bring baggage with us, right. you know. And so, you know, I know what happens in churches. I can see it all the time. You know, and I look at that. I really do. You know, I, I'm not a big title guy. Never been. Right. I'm secure enough. My wife's secure enough. But I, really, I do pay attention when somebody who's been at, at the church for a long time doesn't call you by a title. Pastor Troy. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I do look at that. I do watch that. Doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, not honor you by any means. Right. However, there has to be a reason there. Is it familiarity? Is it something that you do? And so I, I just think, I think it's really important to, to honor that. And so, 
I don't know, for what it's worth. All right, two more before All we right. go. All right. I want to leave my church. No, don't leave. Not Dusty. this one. This is an example. <laughs> Hypothetical. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, <laughs> I want to leave. How do I do that in an honoring way? Yeah. Let's say let's say it's for the right reasons. Right. It's not because I'm I'm running away from. Hey, it could be the wrong reasons too. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I think bad. there's there's different there's I think because with that you've got to talk about how to resolve the wrong reasons. Yeah. But just saying like, hey, you know, for I I want to leave and go somewhere else. How am I honoring to the church and to my pastor through that process? What does it look like for me to do that the wrong way? What does it look like to do the wrong way or the right way? Either. Okay, so let's talk about the right way. Because I just got an email the other day from somebody who um, no longer attends the church. They wanted to let me know, super honoring. They were actually on staff here for a while. And they just felt like, hey, their season was over. I totally understand seasons. Mm-hmm. Does it disappoint me? Heck yeah. I yeah. like these people. You know, I, I enjoyed my time with them. You know, mm-hmm. I, when I see them in the congregation, when I was preaching, I got faith from them, you know, and, and I just, I could see they're good people, good family. I walked them through all kinds of stuff. They're leaving. The way they did it, they sent a note. They were very honoring. Thank you so much for all that I've learned. Um, I think that's, I think that's very important for you to do that. So, you're leaving a church, uh, it's good. You know, you just feel like your season's over at that particular environment. First of all, finish your responsibilities. So if you're, on, if you're serving, staff, whatever, give lots of lead time um, and share with whoever, hey, listen, I feel like maybe my season's over. I don't really know about this. I'm gonna take some time here, pray. Um, will you pray with me? You know, whether it's somebody that's over you or if you have a relationship with the pastor, do that. And then when you feel like it's time, don't expect some big fanfare. Yeah. You know, because that typically is not going to happen, especially at Freedom House. And so that we just don't do that. We don't have a big exit service for you. Right. But be, be honoring to them. Be happy. Don't burn bridges. I've learned in my life, you don't ever want to burn bridges because you might need them in the future. Don't try to take people with you. Even if you didn't like something mm. that happened, that's between you, God, and the pastor. Yeah. You don't need to bring other people into your issues. Right. That's dangerous, first of all. Yeah. It's, 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 it's dividing. It, it can cause problems in the future. And let's be honest, you don't want to be responsible for that other person's journey. Right. That's a dangerous thing. And so if you don't have a relationship, send a note, okay? Don't just leave one day or not show up. That's dishonoring. That's irresponsible. That's immature. Serve. Just like you would leave a job, give two weeks notice, do the same. If you're serving on a team, if Mm -hmm. you're leading on a team, give your two weeks notice, hey, I'm gonna be leaving. Be open to have conversations with people because people are gonna ask. When people ask you, about why you're left, why you left. Be honest. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. What, where is the line crossed in these conversations? You know, what we're talking about are, are these conversations. Right. These are the people that I'm leading. These are the people that are leading me. Here's my two. Here's my two week notice. I still love the church. Here's what's going yeah. on. Where you cross the line here? Is it 
at all, just talking about it at all. I'm right. talking about these like lateral conversations that are happening. Yeah. Like you just mentioned, how you talk about this transition to other people. And we've yep. talked a lot about uh, about what honor looks like this way. And we've talked some about like out here in the like at home right. and how you do that. Right. So is it dishonoring at all for me to say, I want to leave, I send you the note, uh-huh. I give two weeks notice to my serving opportunity, wherever yep. it is that I'm serving, and then uh, what's my responsibility a month, two months later when I run into somebody from yeah, the church the in the store. grocery store yeah. and uh, uh, I ask them, they say, hey, hey, where have you been? Right. right. How long am I obligated to ride that line of yeah. here's, you know, it was a great opportunity if yeah. I'm really mad. Yeah. Even if I've honored you in the process yep. and I've done this well, but I'm still mad. Right. What's my responsibility a month or two from now when I'm clear of it and I've been, I've exited well, do I still have to honor or can I just cut loose and just be like, well, let me tell you about this thing. <laughs> let me tell you about this. Well, so, so here's the deal. And here's what I've learned in 30 years of being a Christian is there's a big difference between method and message. All right, so message or the why and the what. Message is very important. Gospel needs to be preached. So are you leaving because there's a gospel issue or are you leaving because there's a method issue? Maybe you don't like the way things are done, but the church is preaching a strong message. So what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is always to honor, period regardless of what happened, Mm. always. So it's like grandma used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I believe that across the board. If there's a message issue, your complaint should be dealing with the authority. If you don't believe, you know, if something is theologically off in the church, deal with it there. If somebody comes to you in the grocery store two months later, hey, listen, why why did you leave? Let me tell you, first of all, everybody's going to assume that it's bad. Right. Always across the board. The best thing you can do is if it's bad and you don't, wanna, you don't want to um, get in this long conversation in the, in the grocery store about some theological thing, just go, hey, my season was up there and I had to leave, depending upon the relationship you have with that person. Yeah. If it's a method issue, I wouldn't even touch it, to be honest with you. I didn't like the way that they did music. I didn't like the way, that's between you, that's, your, that's all opinionated. Right. You know, it's all well, I, did, I don't think they did enough gospel music or I don't think they did enough rock music or the pastor Oof. hates country music, you what know, person or, you know, he talked church. about cats. Okay, those are not theological cats? issues. Felines? Yeah. Cats? Those are opinions. Yeah. There's a, and, and I don't even think those should be brought up yeah. in, in a conversation. Not necessary. Right. Because now you're bringing somebody in on your opinion, your offense. Sadly, it happens all the time. So, with that being said, you meet somebody two months later. Hey, haven't seen you at church. Where you been? Hey, my season was over there. Um, had a great run. Uh, love Troy and Penny. Um, and uh, we're attending XYZ Church. It's a great church, great fit for us. It's probably a church called XYZ Church yeah. at this point. <laughs> it's a great fit for us. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll always... It's always a good way. I'll always remember my time at yeah. Freedom House. Yeah. It's the best good. way to handle it. Yeah. Uh, you said something about what Grandma used to say. My Grandma used to tell me if I ate green beans, I could fly. That's dangerous. Yeah, it was a lie. That was a lie. She, she was a liar. <laughs> she was a great woman. Her name was Cleo. She was a great woman. 
Uh, that's a little grandparent humor for you. Last one, All right. and then we'll go. All right. Um, this has been a good conversation, by the way. I've enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> this is a heavy one, so we All probably right. should have gone it earlier. <laughs> probably should have gotten to it earlier. All right. So I'm, I'm a part of a church. Yep. I've, uh, I'm going to make it hard. Okay. So I, I, I went through the leadership pipeline. Uh-huh. I, I came in small. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't try to get to you first. I just came in. I went through what we have. The process, on, went everything. Through, get on track, went yeah. through the leadership pipeline. I watched the videos. Yep. Started serving in the parking lot. Right. Then started serving in guest services. And then, uh, you know, you called me and said, hey, I, I see something in you. I want right. to help you maximize your full potential. And I, I want you to come up and, and start doing some on the teaching team or maybe just in generosity. Yeah. Speak on generosity for a few minutes. So you, you've identified and addressed all these gifts that you've seen. and You brought me up to this point. And then at some point, I feel this urge. I feel this call. I feel this passion growing in me to start my own church. Yep. And so I didn't, I didn't come here to take people. Sure. I didn't come here. I, I, I didn't even come here with an, a knowledge or the understanding of the idea that I might want to do this. I literally just came and was so filled by what was going on here that the overflow of that was what I believed to be a call from God to plant my own work somewhere. Yep. What do I do? How do I honor you in that time, in well, that moment? If you believe that, and I'll just use me as an example. Yeah. If you believe that I'm your pastor, then you submit that calling to your pastor. It's really easy, to be honest with you. If you, let's just say Dusty, Andrea, you guys want to start a church. The best thing you can do, okay, I'm just saying the best thing you can do is go, hey, Pastor Troy, I'm feeling this call to go plant my church, and I want to submit that calling to you. So a good pastor, and hopefully I'm a good pastor, would, would first of all pray and seek the Lord about what that looks like. So what I would do in that scenario is I would look at you and i go, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what it looks like. Because my goal is for you to be as successful as possible. Now, here's the challenge. The challenge is, what if I see something in you that's probably going to hurt you in the future of being a, being a pastor? Are you okay with hearing that? So you have to be willing to submit yourself, which is what I did when I left my church and I wanted to start a church. I knew I was going to not be in the city I was in because that would be dishonoring. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go down the road and start another church because I'm going to split the church. That's dishonoring. Right. Um, And I went to my pastor. I knew the way my pastor was that it was not going to be good, but I did it anyway because I wanted to honor him. Went to him and said, hey, I feel like I'm called to go plant a church. I want you involved. You're my pastor. And he he was kind of involved in the beginning of it. Yeah. And, uh, if, if somebody came to me, I would want to be involved because I want you to be successful. If the pastor thinks maybe it's a year, you need to submit yourself to that. If he, if he thinks, all right, you're ready to go right now, submit yourself to that. Be willing to let them shepherd you if you trust them, mm-hmm. okay? If you don't, then really you have no responsibility in any way. If you... In your hypothetical situation, yeah. that person has been through, been, been some time here. Mm-hmm. They've been involved in the church. And so hopefully they would want to submit themselves because that's where your greatest success is going to be as a pastor is being under authority, which is another podcast we'll talk about. Yeah, that's going to be a good And one. so I've had situations where it didn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I was just going to ask you. Now, last, last one, 
what if you're the pastor of a church yeah and somebody maybe say they don't go through that whole process right maybe they just show up and you know the type they're there they immediately try to sit close to the front immediately try to catch up with you and be seen with you in the lobby yeah. and then you can feel this growing thing and then eventually the bomb drops yeah hey that person's about to leave and start their own church yeah what do you do what is what what would you say to pastors that are in that situation so been through it right um, and so I've had people call me and go hey pastor Troy just want to let you know they've left the church mm -hmm. within you know six eight months or even less than that hey just want to let you know I'm going to plant a church my response to them hey good for you who's your pastor mm. that's my first question if they don't have one my recommendation is you better get a pastor yeah hey where are you gonna start your church oh, I'm gonna start right around the corner hey that's Probably not a good idea, but great. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with them. Yeah, sure. You know, um, and I'm going to immediately as a pastor, let all my leaders know what's going on. Because typically people like that are doing it in a dishonorable way and they're going to go fishing. Right. Uh, if you leave a church and God called you to pastor, he's going to provide people for you as a shepherd. You don't have to take people from your church. Mm. Okay, that's... That's very dishonoring. So for you to go fishing in your old church to try to get people to come to your church yeah. with no respect of the pastor, totally dishonoring. You can't start something and be successful in something starting it in dishonor. Because what you're doing is probably finding people that are upset because those fringers are already struggling with the method and they're just looking for a place to go that's gonna fit them. Mm. And so they're not going to stay at your place anyway. Yeah. And so this has happened over, I mean, this happened tons of times, you know, because so, we say it all the time. Yeah, we planted a lot more campuses than three. <laughs> we planted a bunch of campuses, even in Charlotte, because people yeah. have left our church and gone so-and-so. The sad thing is, is they never last. I know. And I hate that. It breaks yeah. my heart. It breaks I, my heart, too, because I know that there's something in them. And there's such a small percentage of people that are supposed to pastor. And it's not easy. You yeah. know, that's yeah. another, that's yeah. a whole nother thing. I can, yeah. I can remember our first breakfast that we had was weeks after I had been fired from a church right. in the town that I live. Yeah. And I said, at the end, I said, if there's ever anything I can do for you, just call me or let me know. Yeah. I, I wasn't looking for a job. I sure. think I, we talked about that. Um, well, you had something you wanted to do. You yeah. Had some and, 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 and you're you stepping into that now. You said, you know? yeah. You said, uh, now that I'm under yeah. something. Yeah. Um, which was uh, how, oddly how that all worked. It wasn't until I came under something that that started to really grow. Yeah. yeah. But you said, well, you know, we would just want for you and your family to get involved in the church. You know, just come and, and come to some services and be around. And so I knew right away it would be a while because there was a Lake Norman campus, which is close to where yeah. I live. Yeah. And so we started to go to a church in Salisbury, which a friend of ours had planted to help. It was 45 minutes away. Right. Because we felt like if we were going to be on a platform anywhere, we couldn't do it anywhere near where we lived. Yeah. And then when we started being a part of Freedom House, we went to the farthest campus from our house, which was almost an hour in the opposite direction. <laughs> and we slowly worked our way closer to our house. Sure. But it wasn't until almost a, a year yeah. or two after yeah. we had left that we got anywhere near where we were. And it was, uh, I, I think I sent you a text the first time because I didn't tell you that I was coming. I was just trying to be really under the radar. Yeah. Like I didn't want to be like, look, I what remember. I'm doing. And so I just sent you a text that said, hey, 
this was great. I came and served around Christmas time and thought this was really fantastic. Yeah. And then just slowly but surely started to move into like a closer orbit of where right. I was. Right. But it was important to me to honor the last place that I was to ensure that yeah. nobody would, because quitting is one thing. Getting fired is something a lot of other people get rowdy about. Right. And uh, it wasn't because I, it just wasn't a good fit. And so it was really more like a, hey, we don't think this is working out. And I was like, hey, I agree. Yeah. The league is working yeah. out. So let's just It's usually move. mutual anyway, yeah. you know, when and it so, happens. You know, when it, when it comes to the, and just let's just finish with this. Yeah. When it comes to somebody who wants to start any ministry, whether it's a church or whatever, you know, typically good, secure pastors, and I, and I hope that I would be, and I think I'm one of those, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. No, this, But if somebody came to me and they really had a, had a gift on their life and they wanted to pastor, I'm going to do everything I can to help them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know what it feels like to not be helped. I know exactly what that feels like. And so I'm going to do everything I can. But when somebody does it dishonoring, I, my hands are tied. Mm-hmm. And it's happened. Yeah. And, you know, and so I, it's sad to me when people really just get hammered. And, and so I, I, I'll send people with you. I'll give you money, whatever it takes to make you successful, because I know I'm creating legacy through you. And I want you to succeed when you do it the right way. Yeah. And so um, th- and that's honoring. Yeah. And I feel like I'm honoring the gift that's in you and I'm helping you. That's incredible. So, this was fun. Honor up, honor down. Honor all around. Honor Make sure you subscribe. Around. Send yep. this to your friends. Hit the like button. Yep. Send that it to your pastor. Well. Comments. <laughs> <laughs> you can I'm honor sure. your pastor greatly by sending it. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> no, I think it's good. If I were senior pastor of a church, I'd want to hear this. I know. If I'm on staff know, at a church, if I'm attending a church. I know. So I know. thank you guys for watching. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, if you want to Thanks, hear Dusty. us, see us talk about something. Post it in the comments. Just let us know. Yeah. Uh, we're always up for whatever you guys want to do. And uh, if you have any questions for Pastor Troy, feel free to put those in the comments Absolutely. as well. And Absolutely. we'll get to them. Real as well. talk. Real talk. See you guys soon.